Welcome to Strahd's Lament. This is for primarily Red's benefit. So, Red, last time... Elijah, rather. Elijah, last time when you were in the game, uh, you were with us, you entered, like, a large prayer hall um, after hearing the chanting, you know, cast your mind, it was a good few weeks ago now, and you, you heard this chanting and these, uh, you know, you went into this room, uh, in the room there was this dais in the middle of the room um, and there's lots of water. Uh, I can't remember exactly what point you dropped off, but the um, turns out that the shadows were very non-corporeal, you couldn't interact with them, uh, and then there was a shambling mound that was this destroyer uh, that the party fought and killed, left the room, went back up into the house to rest, came back down and eventually, after a couple of tries, cleared the downstairs basement um, after a couple of tries, and we think... At the end of the, the next session, we introduced Emil and uh, Venrit, who are the bard and the ranger, who joined up the party, um, managed to have a real time in one particular room where they tried to open a door that turned out to be a mimic, then got attacked by a bunch of shadows, and then got attacked by a bunch of uh, ghouls. So they had a real tough time there. Um, and then they finally figured out that all they had to do to like get out of the house was put the bones of the children into the crypts, under the uh, under the house, laying the children's souls to rest. So uh, once they did that, the spell was broken over the house, and all of the ghostly goings on ended. The, the party came out of the house, were attacked by a set of direwolves. Um, they fought and killed the direwolves after putting them to sleep. Literally, like cast the spell sleep on them. They fell asleep, and then the party just beat them to death. And once they finished that fight, they realised they'd been observed by this very tall and very gaunt figure who was laughing and saying that they were very cruel for, you know, killing these wolves whilst they were defenceless and not giving them the option to run away because the wolves did try to run away and that he'd be keeping an eye on them moving forward. Now, he didn't introduce himself, but it looked remarkably like a statue that the party found under the basement of this house. Um... With a, with a statue of a direwolf. And that's kind of where we left it last session, as uh, the party headed towards a village uh, of which the house, the haunted house, was on the outskirts of, and they entered the village. If I may add two things. Uh, of course. One, uh, we got some loot. I think you got alchemist fire. Uh, yeah. Uh, Elijah. And you also got a healing potion. Oh, oh yeah. Fire and a healing potion. Exciting shit. Yeah. Uh, I think Wenrit got a chainmail shirt and I got a cloak of protection. And I got a cove that does nothing. It's just yet. A uh, you also, I believe, got a. If you want it, there was an option between a hand and a heavy crossbow and twenty um, crossbow bolts. A hand. A hand crossbow, I believe so. Oh, <laughs> I just said a hand and a crossbow. <laughs> no, no, there was a hand, but there is a hand crossbow as well. And we also and some wolf stuff. Like second thing I... Of healing? Oh. Sorry. Regular potion of healing? Yeah. Excellent. So how I do potions of healing, and I'll just tell you now, is if you can do these one of two ways, right? You can take an action to use it, and your full action to use it, and it will grant you... 2d4 plus 2 healing, but maximum, so it will grant you 10 points of healing um, without any, without having to roll at all, or you can um, 
well, that's basically how I do them because otherwise they can be shit. So you, you get like four healing points off your entire action. And that's not cool. No one wants that. So healing potions are a full action to use, but they grant maximum hit points back. Excellent. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And second thing I wanted to add, I've still not been hit this entire campaign up until now. Well, I want to continue that streak. I've been mm. actually surprisingly with my low, low AC of 12 not died yet. Uh, That's exciting. And I know that I've put a crosshair on myself by saying this fact. Yeah. Probably. Uh, I have been. You uh, have not been killed. I, as I was controlling your character, Red was quite passive in the background, got involved in the fights, because it's easy for me to get a fighter in the fights. Obviously, uh, Red was doing a lot of very consistent damage, you'd be glad to hear. Um, oh, I've not mentioned to the others at all what subclass features you've taken, because I didn't want to set a precedent for you know how you roleplayed them at all. Uh, you were just twatting things very, very hard and very successfully and quite accurately. So you are... Uh, you've been, been been quite clutch recently by taking out ghouls uh, and just generally being a badass and do, dealing a lot of very good right. damage and that's actually things. rolling very high. Uh, like, that's uh, that's going to stop now because my digital <laughs> dice have recently been uh, digital dice rolling has not been going well. I I was supposed to make a character yesterday and uh, the minimum threshold was I think seventy and it took me eight tries to get there, so... Holy shit! Emil rolls the most average I've ever rolled. I think I had three tens in a row once. I don't know how. I I respect that. That's, uh, yeah. We we will begin. Um, I will just very quickly reintroduce you to approaching the village. So the fog has swirled around you, hiding the house, the death house that you just escaped. The figure that was in the, for- in, in the fog talking to you has vanished. The bodies of the walls have been scraped down with their pelts taken. And the fog whips up between all of you and seems to separate two of you from the party. Snooks and Venerit disappear into the fog. You can't hear their, you, you hear their muffled shouts. But there's a wall of fog between the lot of you. And then tall shapes loom out of the dense fog that surrounds everything. The muddy ground underfoot gives way to slick, wet cobblestones. The tall shapes become recognisable as village dwellings. The windows of each house stare out from pools of blackness. At first, no sound cuts the silence, and then a mournful sobbing echoes through the streets from a distance. And I will move you to the map um, of the village we're in, which is the village of Barovia. And you are coming in from the eastern side of this map, along a main road. The houses quite closely packed together, very drab and very tall, loom over you in the streets. Uh, the, the road is a dirt road, it's very wet and muddy, and there doesn't seem to be a lot in the way of life, apart from the occasional clang of a church bell and this sobbing sound you can hear. Is the charge, hold, the charge bell like clanging a, spe- clanging a specific hour or just like... Clanging? It seemed to be clanging the hour, yeah. Okay, which hour? Uh-huh. Or, or which quarter hour? Whatever. Two, about about two o'clock in the afternoon. Two o'clock. Okay. Yeah. The sound of sobbing that you can hear that seems to echo and reverberate from the streets as you pass these houses seems to be coming from here. 
though as you pass down the streets you see that there is you know you hear the occasional sound from inside a house a, a door closing footsteps there are a number of other things you see as you walk past for example you walk past a shop and there's light that spills out from behind heavily drawn quarters um, and there's a sign over the door that creaks on the hinges wafting slowly in the breeze that reads Beldreth's Mercantile as you approach the centre of the village there's a single shaft of light that thrusts illumination into the main square its brightness looking like a solid pillar in the heavy fog above the gaping doorway a sign hangs precariously askew proclaiming this to be the blood on the vine tavern you can hear a weeping that echoes through the, the village, uh, through the streets. Um, the, the, this very dark, the, the fog that is wafting through the streets itself, uh, kind of preventing any sunlight coming through. Uh, you uh. said there was a shop passing through the streets? Yeah, you pass through what appears to be a mercantile shop. This is one of the, again, one of the larger houses in the area. It seems to be a, uh, a, a seller of curiosities and assorted goodies well guys i'll give a look to the shop got something to sell might look for something interesting and i'll go to the shop i i will follow i'll join you excellent so you uh i'm, I'm through the stop the um shop itself when you open it up, it's fairly well lit with candles on the inside, and it's a haven from the cold and the damp outside. The uh, a gentleman looks up at you as you enter the shop. He's a, quite an older guy, uh, not ancient by any means, but I'd say in his mid, mid-40s, kind of mid-50s, very, very drawn, very, very pale. His thin, lank hair uh, hangs around his shoulders, and he looks up with you, gives you a kind of a piercing look as the, the this strange posse walks in, which is... A strange kind of. Uh, I'm trying to think of a better way to describe a meal than a weird <laughs> goblin person, um, but I'm really struggling. So if you can think of a better way to describe um, a meal, it's like if you see ever seen like a person that is of old culture, like from the hills, except he's green. I don't know what you mean. That it's like the braids, long hair, old traditional clothing. Um, and his skin is green with brown, like, sort of twirly bits all over it, like markings, or not really tattoos, it's more like a, a coverage. Earth mark. Yeah, I guess. Um, he's got, like, horns, he's got, he's not, like, small, he's pretty just average-sized, uh, but he's got this, like, eccentric, traditional-style clothing with leather and like axes and he looks from far away so i mean so this guy you this shop owner kind of looks up at you and he's chewing something that looks like a bit of like jerky or fat but something a little bit uh, new to the area uh mm, you could say so yeah i guess well i'm beldra Welcome to my shop. And he's like not broken a, a stare with you at all. He's locked eyes on all three of you, not even blinking as you walked in. He's chewing this, whatever it is, this meat. And he goes, uh, now, what can I do for you? 
Um, what you eating there? This? Yeah. Dried meat. Lovely. Um, I would, do you, like, do you buy things, like, can I sell my stuff to you? Depends what you've got and whether I want it. Uh, I have, um... I have a. I pull out the direwolf pelt, bone, teeth, and claws that I. that we skinned. He glances at it. He just shakes his head and goes, I'm not touching that. Ah, fair enough. I, I have. and I pull out the moss agate. Did I have two of them? I think I have two of them, right? Yeah, I believe you do. Yeah, yeah. okay. I got two agates. He's gonna look at them. Do you hand them over to him? I'll. I'll like. I'm not distrust. Emil, Emil is not distrusting. He's he's very kind. He'd just hold them like straight close to him. If he takes them, he'll just take them, I guess. He's gonna examine them uh, and goes, mm, "Nice, nice, yeah." Uh, I'll give you four gold for the pair of them. Uh four, four gold seems a little. I mean, I don't want to judge your your. Uh, shopkeeping eyes, but four gold seems like a little uh, small amount of money, I guess. I, I, um... I know f for a fact that these are worth more. Uh, as far as I know, these are worth uh... two gold each. What? Two gold for each one of them. Trying to like do this thing I've seen where people get better, or I mean, get um, different price for what they are selling. I think it's called haggling. Ah. Uh, can you make a persuasion check, please? <laughs> okay. Um, I want to glower intimidately at the dingly and help. Oh, God. Uh, so, so can you oh, roll an intimidation check? If you are, how, uh, so if you'd like to roll an intimidation check, sure. And then I'd like to describe, based on what you roll, what it is you do. Uh, okay. Let's see. Let's see how this goes. I'm unfortunately... So the persuasion of eight, I'm afraid, does not get him to... Uh, <laughs> does not win him over. Okay. There we go. A 19, though, might. So describe what it is you do. Red, who is fairly tall and very buff, will, like, step up behind Emil... How do you pronounce yeah, yeah. it? It's just Emil. Uh, Emil, and just uh, lay hand on on his shoulder and like stare the shopkeeper down very intently ah. and not speak. <laughs> Red is not very communicative. Ah, uh, so this guy kind of like lays down his this thing he was chewing, and it looks like the fat of a piece of steak, like the rind that he was just chewing. Uh, by itself, and he lays it down on the side of the this very cluttered table, uh, and he kind of backs away from you, um, clearly quite intimidated by Red, and he goes, ah, I will give you five gold for the two of them. I'll take it. Uh, and he he hands over these five gold, takes these two uh, moss agates and puts them in his pocket, and he leans back. And he go uh, keeping an eye on Randy goes because you see, I don't like you, but I've got a big friend too, Harry Winkle. And he shouts uh, for for so what he's calling Parry Wimple. 
and this large, large bulk of a man appears behind him. Um, he's huge. He's got like you can see the muscles underneath his chain shirt. His muscles ripple as just as he walks and he glowers. He's, uh, he's just this absolute giant of a man that looms behind Baldrath and grunts. Oh, wow. uh, Red will like you can see their face light up. <laughs> Red is excited. You must have worked very hard for that. Good job. You look the, so strong. The uh, the owner, Baldrick, says, Now, Parrowimple, he doesn't talk much. I suggest before you start throwing your weight about in here uh, that you consider that there are those in Barovia who would fight back from those trying to rip us off. Are we fighting? I, what is happening? I would I... suggest you don't fight. No, I don't want to fight. I... What is go? What is going on? I just wanted to. I, what? What's happening? What's happening? Red. Uh, and red still beaming, very excited. No one's throwing any weight. Okay. Uh, how long are we planning to stay in this town? Mm. Don't know. Because I, I don't have a lot of money on me right now. I don't know why I have such small amount of money. Probably should have kept better track of it. But otherwise I would not mind taking a job or like doing some tarot readings for people or singing song and playing with the spirits on my dulcimer. Well, before we leave, I at least want to sell... And uh, uh, the silverware I've got, and I'll take out the silverware I've collected in the house. He's gonna. This guy's gonna edge forward with this giant of a man behind him, and Baldrith will look at the items. The how many? Did, did I say how many pieces of silverware it was? Nope. I just it's, took basically what was on the um, big table. So let's say with a family of four. There would have been, you know, three forks, um, three knives, and three spoons. So, kind of nine things, like nine bits of silver per family. So, what's yeah, that? so nine it would have four. been four. Yeah, oh, damn. like thirty-six so pieces. Of, yeah. yeah, like thirty-six pieces of silverware. He's going to look at it and examine it. And it's very nice. Yes, okay, this you is. You clearly a... do not own silverware, but I, I'm down with that. <laughs> Well, um, I have no. I I have like you know, we yeah. have like posh silverware for like nice <laughs> things in, uh, like cutlery and stuff. I mean, um, if it's literally silverware. It yeah, it's an actual silver. Actually, I'm interested in that. It wouldn't probably this one probably wouldn't be solid silver, um, considering where we are. So this guy's gonna look at it and go, oh, "This looks very nice. Uh, I will give you." Uh, four gold for it. Mm, make it ten and I'm happy. Yeah, I'm not. No, I'm not going to give you. I don't need it that bad. Yeah, then. Then we can meet somewhere in the middle. Are you happy to drop your price from ten? Mm, if you get me a good one, better than four. 
Well, see, I'm not happy to raise my price over four, but if you're happy to come down, then I will give you four. Mm, I would be glad to go down to eight. No, I don't want it. I'll give you four. Make it five and we have a deal. No, I'll give and you I four. And I might buy something from you if you have something that interests me. Well, what are you going to buy? Buy something first and then we'll talk about it. And he gestures to what he has. Hi, everyone. Welcome. I uh, hope you're enjoying yourself. It's James, your DM and host of Strahd's Lament. Um, I think this is episode nine, the beginning of the season proper, or season, beginning of the show proper. Uh, the prologue in the Death House is over. Unfortunately, we've got a bit of bad news to announce to you at the moment. Um, Red, who has been in the session thus far, had a phone call during part of the way through the session. Um, had to drop out of future sessions uh, for personal reasons. So, hope all is well with Red. Hope you're still listening. Hope you're still uh, reaching out to us. Um, yeah, but yeah we'll ha we're thinking of you, bud. Hope you feel better soon. Unfortunately, Red didn't get much chance to shine on the podcast. The first session didn't record properly. And then midway through the second session, had to drop off and wasn't able to rejoin after that. We generally record about two sessions a night in hour-long bursts, and I edit them and schedule them for release over time. And what we've done is just got a bit of a back catalogue ready. We are going to be replacing Red as a character with another player who will be joining a session or two's time. This session, uh, for a number of reasons, was a bit of a, a challenge to record. We had a couple of players unable to join. We had one player leave halfway through. One player who was MIA uh, was unfortunately not very well, not able to let us know. So it became a little bit of a session where we got to know a little bit more about Snooks and Emil. Um, I very much enjoyed re recording this and playing with these pair. I think they're really good players. Very imaginative, uh, really good at RP. Everything, everything a DM wants. So uh, I've, I've edited this down and I've presented it to you to listen to because there's some things happening here that will touch back on. Um, unfortunately, what happened in the second part of this session is the audio recording went nuts, and I'm not sure how much of it I've caught and how much of it I've got, so I'm going to try and edit that all together over the next day or so, uh, and hopefully we can get that out to you to listen to. Um, so yeah, I hope you were enjoying it. The sound in the background today is not from Mike's and the Glass Guided World, it's from Sirenscapes. I've uh, reached out to let them know I'll be using this, and uh, the guy's really nice. Um, so yeah, I hope you're enjoying it. We're waiting for the sessions to get a little bit more in-depth. This is Chapter 1, The Village of Barovia. Um, hopefully, yeah, hopefully you're having fun. I'm having a lot of fun recording it with the guys. Um, it's become a bit of a weekly highlight. So, yeah, um, any any questions, reach out to us on Twitter. We've got our own uh, Twitter handle now for Strides of Lament. Um, but, yeah, any questions, if you'd like to, any, any questions, any suggestions, any feedback, just reach out. And I look forward to hearing from you all. Right. Thanks very much. Bye. Baldrath turns around and he gestures to what he has on the walls. Um, and he looks you up and down and he goes, Now you strike me as the kind of person who wouldn't be too interested in some of this, but I'll show you what I've got. I've got various types of ammunition. And he gestures to the wall that's uh, strewn with arrows, needles for blowguns, bolts. And um, little kind of ball bearings, almost like little nickel ball bearings for the sling. And then he looks at me and 
because uh, you look to me like you may be one of the arcane users. So we do have a few arcane focuses for those of you who are going to be doing that kind of thing. And he gestures to crystals, orbs, rods and staffs that litter the walls. They, some of them are in pretty bad nick, some of them look okay. Um, he goes, uh, and if you're a druid, there is a couple of things here. And he pulls out, I think I've got a spring of mistletoe, uh, this wooden staff. And he pulls out this very gnarled wooden casting staff and uh, this, a wand that's of this quite dark wood. And he goes, I've got stuff for clerics. And he kind of opens a drawer and there's some like cracked em uh, emblems with religious symbols on, uh, some reliquaries, which are, like little finger bones and glasses uh, and uh, like, other emblems and stuff. He kind of like dumps them out. Uh, and he goes, and I've got the generic adventuring gear. Um, we got uh, vials of acid. Uh, we've got backpacks, ball bearings, bedrolls, bells, uh, block and tackle. Yeah, uh, so... Um... I'm, as you guessed, I'm more of the arcane type, so, um, what did you say about the, uh, sticky stuff? The sticks? The... Oh, oh, for the druids, yeah, so, yeah, come exactly. here. And he pulls out this, uh, drawer, and he lays it out in front of you, and there's a couple of sprigs of mistletoe, uh, that look pretty fresh, um, that you could use as a spellcasting focus. Yeah, I have some of I have that, so... Not mm -hmm. really needed. Okay, well we got this, and it's a, a totem. So it's uh, it's basically like the shape of a bear, or maybe it could be an owl. It's not very well made, but there's this definite like a body and head kind of thing going on of stuff. Um, looks like it's been made out of maybe hay or twigs um, with two little eyes that have like burnt in there. And he goes, ah, oh, there's this, which is a totem, which is used uh, for those communing, I believe, with nature. Uh, there's this wooden staff. This, uh, well, it's a staff, and he pulls out, pulls it out, and it's it looks like a like the kind of tree branch that if you picked up as a kid, you would pretend to be a wizard. It's all knobbly. It's like Gandalf's staff before he, uh, you know, falls in with a Balrog. And it's got this amazing like clawed end at the bit, the, the tip of it. Um, but it's, it looks quite old and quite dusty and a little bit cracked. And then there's this black wand. This um, this uh, one that looks like it's again part of a tree branch which is fairly straight a little bit of a knobble and a bend in it um, but it's of this very dark black wood um, could I identify what kind of wand the uh, the second wand is yeah can you roll well, what, what it's made out of or what kind of whether it's uh, uh... what it's magical purpose would be uh, can you roll arcana for me please of course, that's a oh, 11. Um, you don't it. So this is a definitely a spell casting focus. This is uh, just okay. it is a, it's, it's, a, it's a wand, it is a, a way for you to project your yeah. spells without using material components. That's all, it is. yeah. Uh, could I do the same for the first one you described? That uh, it sounded like it's a bit uh, bulkier. Yeah, so it's um, so roll Arcana again. Can I yeah. do um, inside check on the shopkeeper to see how much of this he is pulling out of his ass? Yeah, sure. That's a fourteen. So uh, again, this wooden staff is uh, it, it. You examine it and it's you roll over and it's got these markings in Druidic that appear to be a name uh, that read the name Loibar. Uh, this looks like a 
at a druidic focus, a staff that a druid would have used, um, but is no longer in use for whatever reason. So it would work as a spellcasting focus. It may have been from a previous adventuring party. Well, uh, could I compare it to my quarterstaff if it could fill the same purpose? It would fill the exact same purpose, yeah. So it's just a quarterstaff that's safe. It's a full-size staff. If you were to, uh, you know, this this would be a, um, you know, it's just a normal staff. It isn't anything special, but you could cast spells for it. Yeah. So I, I would be interested in this big staff here. Um, how much would you want for it? He looks at it and goes, "Ah, yes, the staff of the famous druid Loibar." <laughs> now he uh, he pulls out this very like old pipe and lights it up and takes a big lungful of this acrid smoke. <laughs> now the the staff Loibar used he was a very powerful druid, I believe, uh, though he was lost to the mists and his stuff was brought back here a number of years ago. Oh, now usual asking price would be fifty gold pieces. But I feel like if you're going to throw in that silverware, uh, we can deduct that from it. And, you know, we'll be doing each other a favour. So I'd say we could do it for five gold pieces. My, my nat one inside. Mm. God damn it, I would have... You looked yeah. at the wall. <laughs> That's... Oh, yes, the floor is made out of floor. That is amazing. No, th this guy's like the wolf of Barovia Street. Yeah. This guy is the salesman. He um, can tell me anything. Could I insight on how uh, firm is on that price? You can roll an insight check. seems trustworthy to me. At least for sure. That's a 17. So, this guy, the stuff he's selling is legit, right? The, the stuff he's selling is useful equipment uh, that could be used by anyone. However, this guy does not care a about get giving a fair price. That is the least of his worries. He deals in people who are desperate, and he will rinse them for it. This guy is a bad guy. Nah, seems fine. Mmm... <laughs> He's definitely got a sizable markup on everything he sells. So, if I were to throw in this Moss Agate, would it be a two-for-one deal? Would this be fine with you? As I saw, you took a five gold. Uh, you were interested in the ones from my friend here. Well, I took two off your friend for four. Or five, if I, I'm not mistaken. Why did I go finish? So then I were to give you two and a half gold. Is that right? Well, I will gladly take those agates off you. Yeah, I will I will say if you throw those agates in, uh, just call it two and a half gold and we'll be fine. Uh, then I would give him the agate, the silverware, and... Uh, Three gold expecting bags, five silver. He is super reluctant to give you your gold back. He like he literally counts it out <laughs> in silver. He's like one, 
hang on hang on and he pulls out 10 copper there. <laughs> 10 copper and he like glares at you but he whips it. those agates are gone in a flash um would you do you have anything that like say that um someone is is not very keen to wearing like heavy armor but still doesn't like getting hit do you have anything that could help not getting hit but isn't clunky and and heavy and metal and stuff hmm. so he he looks you up and down and he, he says you're after armor well, aren't you kind of but like I am already wearing leather armor, as you see, but I don't really like getting... I'm already not very nimble, you, you know, so I don't really want to be obstructed more. Do you perhaps have anything, like, magical or something? <laughs> you couldn't afford it if it were magical. He pulls out a, um, a couple of things from the, the um, back of the shop. And he thumps them on the desk. And the, one of them is built out of these pads. It looks kind of like American football armor. Uh, and, you know, uh, it's made out of like a very thin animal skin. Um, and it kind of rustles as he moves it. And he dumps it on the table. He goes, now, this is padded leather. Uh, this would kind of... This would uh, do you. He takes a big drag from his pipe. And he pulls out another, uh, like, um, strips of leather. He goes, this is leather armor. Uh, but if you're looking for something a bit more resistant you want this and he pulls out this uh, leather armor that's got very thin strips of metal running through it now he goes now this is the uh, creme de la creme of armor for people who don't want to be wearing loads of metal we will uh this will do you gangbusters but it's uh 450 gold can i work for it uh what doing well, what i can like Enter, I can stand in front of your shop and do like little songs and have people like uh, get attention to the shop and be like, oh, it's a fun song. Or I could um, give tarot readings to people that come by. Come here, come here. Walk, walk with me. And he leads you to the door of the shop and he opens it. And he opens the door onto this drizzling courtyard where as far as you can see there is nothing you can hear in the distance this woman crying um and then just at the edge of hearing you can hear this yeah noise and uh, looks like a squeaky wheel and he stands there for about 10 seconds and he looks around and he goes now you see i don't think you being stuck out there playing your little instrument is gonna bring in a lot uh, people to my fine establishment. Well, We're the only shop in town. They got nowhere else the to go. The town is so dreary. Maybe they like give me some money for playing. They're so sad. They could like, you know, have some fun. Or I could play a sad song and they could cry or something. I told these people. The, well, this, they... this is a particularly a dour and dreary place. <laughs> The village is uh, the village here of Barovia. You see, we're in the shadow of Castle Ravenloft. So there's not a lot here to yeah, laugh that about. Is what the, why is everything here so sad? What is going on? Would I overhear this conversation? Oh yeah, this is not a hushed conversation. You'd definitely be able to overhear this. Yeah. 
But what is this castle doing? We f is this like a... Is this like a, a thing that's happening now? Or is everyone just sad all the time? Or like... We live in a town that, if it is not beset on all sides by a choking fog, we are living in fear of the Count who lives up in that castle up there. That air castle. And he swoops down during the night, bringing all manner of misery with him. And then there is the weeping bloody woman next door. It's the mad priest for the church. I would call out to him, uh, sir. Is it? Uh, does he? This count you say? Does he look something like? And trying to give the best uh, description of the strange dude we saw. That sounds remarkably like our fair count. He was very nice to us. Ah. He kind of made me sad that I did it. That we did a thing, but other than that, he was pretty okay. You must have uh, caught him on a good day then, because the Count is, is one who can, uh, his mood can turn like, I would say the weather, except the weather's always shite here. Yeah. Uh, his mood can turn like a, uh, like an animal. He's very gaslighty though. You say the Count is reason, uh, the reason for all this bad weather and fog, right? The Count, he... He rules this area uh, with, a, I would say, not an iron fist, because that's not quite right. He rules this area. Uh, he controls us all. He controls who can come in and who can come out. He can control the very fog itself. I believe, yeah, that's the rumour that I hear. I yeah, so, too much. and you're not happy about the fog and the bad weather, right? Uh... Well, that's one way of putting it, yeah. Yeah, so, um, if we were to go and get rid of the weather, potentially, would you support us? You are gonna... <laughs> so, what's your plan again? Sorry, I mean, and it takes a big puff You on say his... you don't like the count, right? Oh. You, don't, you don't like whatever he do and stuff? Let me just say this. You mentioned these direwolves are yours, right? These, these yeah. furs you tried to sell me. You took them off some beast in the fog, yes. right? Now, what would you say if I said to you that there were innumerable hordes of those creatures at the beck and call of what one being? What would you say if we go and defeat more of these monsters for you? There are, when I say innumerable, I, I mean that quite distinctly, endless. Literally endless amounts of them. Mm. What about the tarot readings, though? I can have my tarot read by the Visani if I want. Not that I hold much truck with that I'll nonsense. I'll give you a free one, but like, you know, people could come by and I could give them a reading for money and then you could get some more money and then we could... Ooh, how often do you think that new people come into my I mean, shop. You have to live with some... You just said that you're the only shop, right? Yes, I am the only shop. How, often, how long do you think it's been since I had anyone else in my shop? I mean, seeing as you're the only shop, not that long. 
guess how many how, how long it would be in days two days maybe one no that's sad are you okay more no oh. this is not a nice place i've got some do you need like uh, i've got some rations still do you want you do you want some food no the candle i have a lot I'm... of them well, yeah, the, this is a fairly well-lit room. I know, but it's a gift of some kind. Uh, if you are giving them away, I will take candles off you, sure. All right. I just light one candle and just hand it to him. He licks his fingers, puts it out, and puts it in the drawer. With the okay. Um. Well, I guess I will go and do my own money-making. Uh... Have a very nice day, sir. I uh, I yeah. will be looking forward to seeing you again. Oh, don't let the door at you on the way out. I will not. Thank you for the warning. Hopefully it's not one of those mimic things again. Can you make a dexterity saving throw as you walk through the door? Oh, lovely. Oh. Saving throw? Okay. Yeah. Don't give me a nat one again. Don't you dare. Oh! The, Ooh, the door yeah. does not hit you on the way out. Sweet. <laughs> um, yeah, so you are stood out in the drizzle, uh, and he's like, he, he comes to the curtains and glares out at you, and he says something, he mouths something to the guy, um, Paddywimple, in, in the back, uh, and then he bursts, he seems to burst out laughing and looks at you and shakes his head, then looks up at the castle and then goes back into the back of the shop. He's going to give, like, Periwinkle a thumbs up. <laughs> With a big smile. <laughs> Sir? If I may ask one last question. Um, we found hints to a um, windmill. And um, would you know if uh, close by would be a windmill? Windmill? Uh, now let's have a look. Do you have those papers to hand? Mm, I'll take out the papers to the windmill, but be careful that he doesn't grab them. Oh, yes. Uh, we call it the old bone grinder. Uh, now, how would you find this? Uh, to describe it for you. Mm, so, what you need to do is uh, near, nearer to the mountains than here. <laughs> he coughs. And it's like sprays out. He doesn't put his hand up. It's gross. Um, he hasn't. I would try to do, uh, don't get um, not getting hit by his cough spit. Yeah. Um, he looks at Ineos now. You will not be able to miss this if you travel a certain road. Uh, if fortune is smiles upon you to take you out of Barovia. Well, Barovia, Barovia, because. We're in the realm of Barovia, and this is the village of Barovia. Uh, so nice they named it twice. If you find yourself on the old Svalik Road, uh, you will see this windmill. It's uh, maybe a day or two's travel from here. Uh, I've never been there, uh, and I don't think I would end up, end up going there. But yeah, it's on the road out of here. Where have you found these papers, anyway? How is the road called? Sorry. The old Svalik Road. 
It's uh, you won't miss it. It's the big road out of here. So you came in from the east. This road is the road to the west, and it curves up towards the mountains. It's the main road out of the town. If you find yourself on your way out, you will be on the old Svalic road. Thanks for the information. And I will turn to leave the store. Come again, bring your friends. <laughs> Maybe we'll do that. Little bell tinkles as you leave, uh, and you join a meal outside. You better yeah. make a deck safe. No, he, he's not. Uh, I'm not stupid. Yeah. The uh, so, so oh! as you are <laughs> sorry, as you are outside, uh, the see you hear this sobbing closer than ever, uh, and then there's this into the north. He's probably wait. I picked out a song that I thought of during work for some reason that he would be singing, probably. Walking through the town is this one is from the promised Neverland. It's like a little lullaby thing. Okay, so would you sing that in the, in the center of this town in the rain? Kind of like you've been not ejected from the shop, but you've been casually shown that there's an exit to the shop and then encouraged to walk through it. Would you sing that yeah. song kind of as you're waiting outside for um, Boo to finish what they're doing? Yeah, he would just wait and then sing it, and then also like just walking through the town. Along the houses, he just keeps singing it. Uh, uh, roughly, and you don't have to sing it if you don't want, but how does it go? I also chose a male version, which I think kind of closely re resembles what his singing voice would look like. I cannot sing, but... I, I can see him just like mournfully singing it in the rain as he like walks through the puddles um, and goes around. As you're standing in the middle of the, the street singing this. I can kind of imagine like Emil walking along, kind of staring at the sky, not really watching what he's doing, spinning round, kind of like a Disney princess in the middle of a song. Um, <laughs> correct me if, if, if I'm imagining it wrong, just correct me. Uh, but that's what yeah, I picture. I'll be walking. Yeah. Um, you hear the squeaking noise get louder and louder. Then you see a little old woman um, <clears throat> walking, like pushing a cart towards you. Uh, now she's got a hood up. To protect herself from the rain she's quite clearly very old she's got quite gnarled old hands um and she's got this this cart in front of her um that's you can see steam coming off this cart and then she 
it sees you singing, she approaches you, comes a little bit closer and uh, kind of smiles as she sees you. She's got quite old wizened face and she goes, oh, now dearie, I've got, uh, I've got some of the tastiest pies in all of Barovia here under my blanket. I was wondering if you would like to try one of them. Okay, so Emil being partly hag <laughs> and this seeming like a very hag-like situation, could, would he like inside that? Yeah, sure, by all, all means. Right. Don't roll in that one again. Don't you dare. It's a fucking four. God damn. Well, eleven... Yeah, so this this lovely old woman, right, with with a, a twinkle, a cheeky twinkle in her eye, it gives you a little wink and a, a warm smile, and she says, uh, "Now, my dearie, as I say, these are some of the tastiest pies in all of Barovia, with the finest fillings, uh, the, the 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 sweetest pork you will ever have." I don't have like a lot of money at the moment and uh also i just look back at like if i see red or anyone because i would be kind of following on the other side of the street this is while uh boo is having his final conversation in the shop yeah and so she says you are an adventurer aren't you my dear i'm myself a traveler if anything but well how about this a promise sent from me to you i will give you one of my pies and then if you see me or my sisters again on your journey, then you can pay for it then. Oof. Uh, we, we, Oof. We, have, we, we, we are in uh, the, the old windmill. The old bone grinder windmill. If you find yourself there, uh, just pop it and you can, you can pay for it then. It's not expensive. Nothing you can't afford. Okay. This is for sure. Heck, <laughs> I'm... But you, you, you get the you get this warm, happy yeah, and you, it's from so this woman. stupid because Emil grew up in a village of hags, and he doesn't, he can't tell now. It's great, yes. Oh, I would, yes, I would love to do that. Oh, that is so sweet of you. Um, and she hands over uh, this pie, this this wrapped pie, uh, and it's warm and it smells like. I, I don't know if you enjoy or eat pork or mince pies um mm. but it's got this really rich flavor uh, and it's warmth to it and it's like the the warmest like coziest thing you've had since you've been in this fog because even in the house with the roaring fire that it didn't it didn't warm you like it should have done the smell is making your mouth what you've only had like dry rations uh, for the last couple of days uh, this pie smells amazing oh that's it's very good pie How, wow Reminds me of home. Um, <laughs> um, yes, I, I'm gonna not eat it right now, though, if you don't mind. I would like to keep on singing for a little bit. Of course, my dear. Just don't let it go cold. Uh, and it's not, it's not a big pie. So uh, just make sure that uh, it's all for you. Just uh, I haven't met your friends, so I can't treat them. But if you see, if you want to... Have them have a pie too. Just, uh, just give me a shout and I'll come hobbling. But I'm gonna see if anyone else wants any. But remember, uh, yeah, now if uh, you owe, owe me now, so just uh, a little shout when you uh, see me and uh, uh, pop into the old bone grinder. That's what we call it. It's a little joke. 
because that's where we used to get our flour from. You see, grinding <laughs> uh, bones from animals. You see, oh, it's now it's pure. Well, it's it's what they used to do in the old times. They yes, don't do that yeah, now, it's but it's very pure. familiar. Mm. They did it in my old hometown. It's this is so nice. Thank you. Really? Oh, yes. Well, yes. Well, hopefully the the pie reminds <laughs> you of your childhood then. Uh, and if you pop over to the old barn ground, we'll see you there. Um, and we'll be looking forward to seeing you and your friends. Listen, I don't really like being in favour of anyone. It feels bad on my part. Would you well, like it's not to a favour? It's just a credit agreement. I know, I know, but I, get, I gotta give something back, right? But, but what if I never see you again? It would be so sad. I, I, well, no, you... I'm sure you will. I'm sure you'll see us. Do you have like? Would I by <laughs> that time come out? Uh, Say yes. You're just yeah. You coming out as this conversation is wrapping up. Can I, yeah. with a passive perception of seventeen, see that? Uh, yeah, if you want, yeah. Oh, hey, Red! Look, look this is an old lady I met while singing. I'm you're not, not red. red. Never mind. Very sorry. I. You don't you even have red hair. What the fuck? Um, Bo. <laughs> Confusing red, oh, yes. red, red lumbers red behind about blue. two meters behind about two meters <laughs> high buff lady with red hair boo ninety centimeters blue coat is an owl <laughs> very confusing boo, boo look I found this old lady was singing a song and she gave me a pie Oh that's yes nice. we're, we're not all uh, we're not all money hungry as uh, as, as your friend in there, yeah, Baldrith, yeah. he's, uh, he's money-grabbing and he won't do nothing for nobody. But uh, we, we like newcomers. We like yeah. newcomers to our little realm. And we like to, we like to make sure that they're fat and fed, you know. Yes, yes. Listen, mm. I do you like either like a candle or do you like like a... I've got a wolf tooth or like claws i've got i've got a few things which you i i'll give you something i'll just take out like a wolf tooth like it's something normal and <laughs> just like <laughs> like here you go a wolf tooth oh lovely love that um well i'll give you you give me the wolf tooth and you said you had some uh claws as well yes i have a I have candle i said i had I oh, candle candle man yes. uh, yeah i'll take a candle off yeah uh, but I, I wouldn't ask you for, for nothing uh, since you've been so kind as giving me this wolf tooth, she turns around and starts rootling through, you know, like, she's looking through a bag or something with her back to the pair of you, and turns around and she hands you this kind of large, um, it's about, it's about two or three inches long. Uh, it's like, it's like a small block, kind of like a paperweight, um, that's kind of pointed at one end, and then it's got like a, a hole in the other. Um, not not like a deep hole, it's kind of like a, a depression in the other side. Um, and she hands it over to you and she goes, Now, I'll exchange you this uh, for uh, the claws. The claws? The claws. No, sorry, candle. Candle claws. The candle. I don't know where I keep getting claws from. I mean, I don't really need anything else. This is just a kind of exchange, right? This is an ex Yeah, it's just a, a favor. Well, not a favor. Because uh, we don't, we were saying we don't do favours to old people. This is just a, uh, what do they used to call it? Haggling? Not haggling. Uh, barter. A barter system. Oh, so I'll give you this. A little token that you've met me. And then when you see any any of my sisters, you show them this. And they'll help you. They'll direct you to the uh, the windmill. Oh, I can also give you a token. Um, I'll, can I, like, 
Uh, when she, she says the worst token, I would like to cast uh, Detect Magic. Oh, okay. I would be like standing next to Emil. Is and it a ritual or a spell? Uh, as a spell. Okay, cool. And I would kind of try to uh, make it not obvious that I'm doing that. Let me one if second. Focus on me, I think so. Yeah, probably. But Can I would. Can you roll? A... I would like uh, pretend I'm in a conversation with Red. Let me one second. So, what are the uh, components? Verbal and somatic. Okay, so you've got to make a gesture and say something druidic. Yeah, so I would pretend I'm, I'm in a conversation with uh, with Red. Okay, can you make a slight of hand check then, please? Could I do a stealth check? Yeah, yeah, sure. Fantastic. That's a 13. As you try to cast a spell, um, it's like, you know, the, this the, the, your detect magic... There's a uh, this old woman um, drops something and sneezes, and your spell just doesn't work. Does counter spell does counter spell do any like does that require any like verbal or somatic or anything? You can roll an arcana check if you know. Could I make an arcana check to see if it's just? <laughs> Uh, what the fuck just happened? Because obviously it would give me a ping at least on myself because I have to cloak yeah. of protection. Yeah, uh, you just, all you know is that the spell. That, what, uh, maybe oh, it's the fog. It. Maybe it's the rain. Uh, you have no idea. This that spell just didn't even get off. It didn't even start. Uh, with that, I kind of you're not sure about counter spell. Okay. Did she do anything? I would though? try it again. Fuck it. Okay. Um, it's very, very clumsy. Yeah, yeah. It, it again just doesn't seem to doesn't seem to work. Does she sneeze again, or what she did? Yeah, she does. She brushes her nose. and says, "Oh, so this, this cold weather's really getting to me, dearies. I'm gonna have to get inside. Uh, oh. But do, do, do enjoy yourselves, and if you see me." Just, uh, as I say, it's just a little token of our appreciation. There's been wolves, though. Do you, do you need any help going... No, I don't fear the wolves, dearie. I don't fear the wolves. Oh, okay. <laughs> and she, with surprising speed and vim and vigour, she trots off down the street and turns off around the corner, kind of near the church, and vanishes from sight. What a nice lady. I would lean over to Emil and Emil. Yeah, Emil. Uh, um, I don't really like that lady. She kind of creeped me off. And I didn't like how she told you she would give you a token. It's about to like, give her a necklace of my hair, but then I thought, like, no, maybe it's not too smart. Maybe you should get rid of the token because uh, there is enough magic you can do. Just by knowing an object uh, someone has. Mm -hmm. But you gave me so, a eye. Uh, She's so sweet. She reminds me of, of the people at home. Yeah, but um, did I hear anything about her talking about the gr bone grinder? 
you would have heard it the last kind of thing you mentioned, yeah. You, you would have yeah, heard, so yeah. uh, that windmill she was talking about. Um, first, I know where it is, and second, I have the paper that says that I own the windmill now. What? You yeah. Own the wait. How, how do you have so much money? Well, I don't. But it was in the house we just burnt down, basically. Oh, is it legal? Is it like your name, or is it just like uh, this well, like, contract? Well, I got it from the children. They said they didn't the have children. use for it. Why did the yes. children have that? No, I found it in the house, offered it to them, and they didn't want it. They are they were ghosts. They oh, don't have okay. use for windmill. And now I have the paper. Well, and who has the paper has the windmill. She also gave me this pie. It's very sweet. And I'll show the pie. <laughs> Just the pie. It's a very nice pie. She's was nice. Nice and warm. Uh, smells great. Yes. I mean, I trust my insight. It's been... My insight is very, I'm very insightful of people. It's very... I am so good at it. I, 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 I mean, come on. She, she. I would have noticed if she was an evil old lady. I think I don't trust her. But if you're that sure, just don't come running to me when you're dying from poison. You know, like if you don't trust it, I'll, I'll keep safe and I will. Do whatever it's with the old lady, I guess. Do whatever it is with the other people around, okay? So I'll eat the pie when everyone else is around it. And I'll, I just, I will just do everything on the table, as they say. So, uh, you eat it then and there? Hmm? I mean... Probably, because I don't want to get it cold. So you bite into this pie, right? It's juicy. Um, well, that's not the right word. So it's it's not like it, it's not like a fruit pie, but it's it's um, it's you know it's got like a, a bit of gravy running through it as you bite into it. It's it's fatty. It's tasty. It's aromatic. The the meat is like really well seasoned. Um, doesn't seem to be much in the way of vegetable inside of it. That's like the only down thing you can think of. But the first bite into it is um, delicious. And warm and filling, um, so you've you've bitten into this, um, and you like it takes you back to like your favourite place as a child. Um, the like you 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 kind of like have a moment of you know the, those summer days. I don't whatever Emil's past favourite <coughs> pastime was that he's idealised as a child. You know, those happy, carefree days where you're running through the forest with friends, you're sunning yourself on the grass, you, you know, someone's just baked something, you're eating that warm bread, um, and, you know, they're just having a good time. You've, you that, that flashes through your mind as you have it, and this big grin appears on your face um, as the gravy's running down your chin. Can you make me a constitution saving throw, please? <laughs> Okay. She's looking so delighted by God, the so toy bad. of eating. <laughs> I would cast good berry and a uh, snack on one of the berries. How am I roll so terrible today? What the fuck is going on? So, Emil, you gain the benefits of a short rest. That's sweet. Yep. Um, you feel full. 
I like that little pie, as small as it was, was very filling, very enjoyable. Um, you feel, you know, you feel like you've just eaten a good meal, uh, and you gain the benefits of a short rest with whatever hit die you want, um, and you also regain uh, a first level spell slot. Um, and that's it for now. For now. <laughs> <laughs> See you next time on Strahd's Lament.